Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. And before the episode begins, I would just like to let you know that Be Scared, which is produced along with Studio 71, features scary stories from around the globe on a weekly basis that aim to fuel your nightmares with a smile. And if you enjoy the podcast, it would be great if you could hit that subscribe button and drop a review. Thanks for listening, guys. And without further ado, let's begin. So my friend and I had a a really bizarre experience in a bushwalk, and we haven't really been able to wrap our heads around it. So, I'm curious to see if anyone here has any ideas about what happened to us or what we may have encountered. We're both pretty experienced bushwalkers. We were pretty confident that we'd be fine on the trail, even though it's not the most well-marked or heavily used trail, and we'd never hiked it before either. But we left at 8am and told family members where we were going and that we planned to be back around maybe 4pm at the latest. About two hours into our walk was the first sign that something was off. We couldn't get our GPS to work correctly. It was showing us as being in a completely different area to where we were. This was weird, but it wasn't a big deal since we did have a map. But at about maybe 1pm is when things got really strange. We had stopped to check the map. My friend said... Hey, I think we took a wrong turn back there somewhere. Then we both sort of felt off balance for a few seconds. And it was then dark. I mean, it was like the sun went out. When we checked the time, it was 5.41pm. Which means that we had apparently been standing in this one place for almost five hours of time. We also started hearing this weird heavy breathing from the direction that we had been walking towards. It sounded like a, maybe a person breathing right next to us, but we couldn't see anyone. And when we called out, there was never any response. We live in Australia, so we didn't have to worry about any large predators or anything. But you hear stories about weirdos who hang out in the bush and murder backpackers and stuff like that, so that was obviously on our minds. We were both extremely unnerved to say the least, and we just didn't feel comfortable moving towards the breathing noise. And on top of that, we agreed that we had made a wrong turn somewhere, so we turned and walked the way that we came. We considered calling for help on our satellite phone, but we decided that we'd at least try and backtrack to where we'd lost our way and go from there before calling for help. But the breathing, it followed us as we walked. 
We were both feeling dizzy, we were convinced that we were being followed by a serial killer and we were too scared to stop and try to call for help, believing that if we alerted whoever was following us that help was on the way that it would prompt them to attack. Eventually, I was just too dizzy to continue as well, so we ended up stopping and called for help. We were instructed to stay where we were and wait for the rescue, but the breathing sound wasn't going away, so we kept moving back towards where we thought that we'd left the trail whenever I was well enough to walk for a few minutes. The breathing, though, it followed. Eventually, too, we found a, a set of stairs that was marked on the map, so we were able to more accurately tell rescuers where we were. And I fainted while waiting for the rescuers. My friend tells me that the breathing not only continued, but sounded like it was circling us. He said that there were never any sounds of footsteps or any indication that there was anyone there, except for the breathing, of course. She admitted that by the time the SES arrived, she was hysterical. But we were both rescued without any physical injuries. The source of the breathing, our dizziness, and our lost time was never identified, and it was pretty much brushed off as just the product of panicked brains. Even our families didn't believe us. They thought that we'd just gotten lost and had been too embarrassed to call for help. Shortly after this happened though, she told me that she was having nightmares about the breathing sound and the dizziness and the sense of unease she felt. She mentioned that she didn't feel like she ever wanted to go bushwalking or camping again and to my knowledge she never did after that too. That was pretty much the last time that I heard from her for like over two years. Until a few weeks ago when she reached out to me to catch up. We had a short chat but we didn't mention this incident. Tragically, a week later, she took her own life. I don't know how much our experience played a part in her mental health. I know that there are always many factors in this sort of thing and it would be silly to think that I could have prevented it, but I feel really guilty that I didn't try to stay in contact with her. No one else believed her about what happened and I know that that affected her a lot. In the end, I really don't know if I'll ever have closure about what happened to us and how, if at all, it contributed to her death. I guess I'm just wondering if this experience sounds familiar to anyone, if anyone has heard of anything like this. So me and my sister and my mum have been trying to make sense of this for the past couple of hours and the facts get less comforting the more we compare our experiences of that night. So last Friday, I, a 17-year-old male, was home alone while my family, besides my sister, 21, who was at work, stayed in their cabin a few kilometers away. I'm used to staying home alone as this exact scenario is pretty common in the summertime, especially while I'm working and I can't travel from the cabin and back. I'm not usually jumpy or afraid while home alone anymore. I think I'm just used to the odd creaks and settling noises of the old house now. I was especially comforted by the fact that my sister's dog was also in the house with me that night, and most noises could be attributed to him. And if anything were to happen, he would act as a guard dog of sorts and alert me to anything odd. At the same time, however, he is the type of dog to bark at any noise or person walking past the door or the windows, so I'm used to hearing him bark or growl at night. 
Even so, this past Friday, the sound of his barks at nearly 12am were disconcerting to say the least. Despite my comfort with staying home alone, I'm still pretty afraid of the premise of break-in or that some other uninvited human interaction at midnight. So I let him bark for a few seconds, telling myself it was just someone walking past our glass door in the adjacent alleyway, and he would quiet down once they passed. Needless to say, that's not what happened. He kept barking and growling for a few moments too long, and I finally got out of bed. I sleep in the basement, and walked upstairs to check it out. As I'd suspected, he was standing alert at the glass door. I was comforted for a moment until I walked over, ready to close the curtains and go back to sleep, and saw the door open about two or three inches. I froze. I had let Bosco the dog out earlier that night, but I know that I closed that door. I've never left this door open, in fact. I mean, I'm a paranoid person with pretty bad anxiety, especially concerning break-ins, like I said. So I would never, ever, home alone, forget to close the door. I'm 100% certain of that. But at the time, I didn't let myself think about these facts or even acknowledge that I could not have left the door open because I knew it would send me into a spiral, possibly even into an anxiety or panic attack if I didn't explain this away. So I closed the locked door, double checking that it was certainly locked. Using the flashlight on my phone, the lights were all off, I looked around the entire second floor of the three floor house, including closets and other reasonable hiding spots, just to put my mind at ease and upon finding nothing, I went back downstairs to my room. Now, as I was down there trying to push away the fear, I could hear Bosco walking around on the floor that doubles as my bedroom's roof. I thought that I was overthinking it when it started to sound like human footsteps, accompanied by Bosco's footsteps. He walks around for about maybe 10 minutes before I put in my earphones and talk myself down until I can fall asleep. At 2am that same night, my sister comes back home from work. I woke up a few minutes before this to Bosco in the basement, which he never does. There's even a gate to stop him from getting to the basement in fact, whining at my bedroom door. When I got up to let him out, my sister walked in and we let him out the front door rather than the glass patio door, letting him in the same way. We talked for a while before I went back downstairs and my sister went to the bathroom. I forgot about the door, busy with work for the next few days, and forgot to mention it to anyone until tonight. My sister and my mum were both home with me for a movie night, while my dad and my brothers stay at the cabin. I remember the door situation when we were packing our horror movies to watch. I was sharing it as a, a creepy, almost funny story before my sister spoke up, saying that the same night, an hour or so after they got home, the door was open again. The same door that was locked from the inside and not opened since, earlier that night. My stomach immediately dropped and I started shaking the second this was revealed. We first started trying to explain it away. I mean, maybe she had let Bosco out and forgot to close it until we both recalled that we'd used the front door. Then we were trying to justify a reason that someone would break in to not steal anything and proceed to stay for two hours before leaving. Ultimately, I realized that I quite possibly locked someone in the house with me, then forced them to hide upstairs while I searched the second level of our house. Then, 
This hypothetical person would be trapped up there, not knowing that this house, that appears empty with the rest of my family gone and all the lights off, was not empty, and there was a dog who would bark if they showed themselves again, alerting me to their presence. Then, when I was in the basement and my sister was in the bathroom, they ran out the glass door, which is timed perfectly to when they found the door open once more, much wider than when I found it, as they were in a hurry on the way out. Perhaps they left it open too the first time for a quick escape, or to stop the loud sound of it meeting the doorframe. Either way, it ties together too perfectly for me to reasonably brush it off. I know it's unlikely, especially with nothing missing, but in this small town, there have been many reports of break-ins with nothing missing, vandalizing or just breaking and enterings many, many times, so it's not as unlikely as it may be in the bigger city. I still can't really make sense of it though, and I am definitely shaken up thinking of the possibility of someone being in my house while I was asleep, alone in the basement. There's a part of me that just doesn't believe it, but I can't shake the too many coincidences that all tie together to make this as concerning as it is. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. I moved out of state to a very small town. First day of moving in, a neighbor walking his dog greets me and introduces himself to me. Gives me a quick rundown that the neighborhood is filled with tweakers and the other shady types. I took that as a general warning that that may be all that I'll deal with here. A few months later, he invited me over to his place to teach me how to do some woodwork. As we're making a shelf for my cat to sit on, he's asking me questions. To me, they were normal everyday questions, but looking back, I realize now that he was trying to get information out of me. Why did you move out of here from out of state? Who lives with you? Do you have any other family members in the States or any other area? Once we were done, we went to install the shelf and he met my mom who stays with me. He talks to her for a bit and then we left to walk back to his place. He starts telling me that he can see our yard from his place and notices that I barely go outside with my dogs. Told me not to worry that if someone breaks into our place that we can see them and shoot them from his room. That's when I was thinking... How is that possible because you live over half a block away? Before I can question him, he asks if I want to see more of the town. I'm like, yeah, let's go. 
He walks to his car and pulls something out from the middle compartment and then tells me to go into his pickup truck. So I do while he's filling up the gas tank up with gasoline. But once he's done, he walks to the driver's side and opens the door and drops a, a holster between us. He tells me not to worry about it as I look trying to see if it has a gun or not. As we're driving, I realize that he actually hasn't said a word for five minutes. And this guy loves to hear his own voice. Another thing that I noticed is that we're on a dirt road and haven't seen a single house, trailer or vehicle for a while now. I guess I gave off some nervous vibes too because he suddenly goes, So yeah, unless you know where you're going out here, you'll get lost. And it's best to have a pickup or an ATV to drive out here. After another 10 minutes of silent driving, we get to a little creek. Luckily, there was another truck there. And all he says is, oh, look at that, someone else is here with us. And he grabs the holster and gets out. Well, we both see a lady with a big dog playing in the water. She turns to us as she sees him walking closer to her. She gestures to her holster and he tells her not to worry, that it's for the snakes. She lifts her shirt above her waist to show her gun. And she tells him that she's not worried one bit. They talk for a few minutes and she tells him that her husband is home waiting for her to make her dinner and she's just out letting the dogs have some playtime. The neighbor changes his tone and posture from confident to defensive now. She called her dog and they went to their truck. He's watching her and she hasn't started her truck yet. A few minutes pass and he tells me that I guess it's time that we go too. And when we get to his truck, she drives off. The drive back though, I start to get uneasy and creeped out. I mean, why would he drive me all the way out there just to leave? Why tell me not to worry about the holster gun, but tell the lady what it's for? I finally get out of my head and I just break the silence and give him my life story as, as to why I moved. Finally, he responds that... He can relate to my story and gives me the rundown of how the town is and what it's about and that some people are more racist than others and I should watch my back for that. Once we get back to his place I tell him that I have stuff to take care of at home and I just nope the heck out of there. I said to myself that if I'm ever going to hang out with that guy again that it definitely won't be alone. So, I want to share a, a strange experience that I had in my house. I've lived in this house since the beginning of 2013 and never experienced anything before. This happened a couple of months ago. It actually makes me feel kind of sick as well to think about it, but... Anyway, I was sitting at my kitchen table in my usual spot. My six-year-old daughter was on the second floor of my house in the upstairs living room, more or less right above my head. She was loudly shifting through her Lego box or something and to my left at the table is the underside of the staircase to the second floor. I can't see who was on the stairs or the top or the bottom of the stairs from where I was sitting. If you were descending the stairs, the door to the room that we used as an office is directly to the right across a short hallway from the bottom of the stairs. From my chair at the table, I can see the entire hallway between the bottom of the stairs and the door to the office. I can also see a sliver of the interior of the office. So, as I was sitting at the table and semi-listening to the noise my daughter was making with Legos, I heard someone start walking down the stairs. 
I wasn't really looking towards the office, but I saw the back of my daughter's head as she walked into the office. Well, so I thought. A few seconds later, though, I heard someone start walking down the stairs, this time louder than the first time that I heard it. I realized that something odd had just happened, so I looked towards the hallway, and I watched as my daughter walked into the office with both her hands full of her Lego creations. I hurried over to the office and looked inside, but my daughter was the only one in there. She was putting her Legos on one of the desks, and so I asked her if she came down to the office and went back and came back down again, but she said that she hadn't. There wasn't enough time for her to go upstairs again, to be honest, and come back down again anyway, and also I would have seen her come out of the office. I didn't see the face of the first daughter to go into the office, but the height appeared about right. It was the same hair color and length and shirt color were correct for my daughter. I am thoroughly creeped out by this. As creeped out as I was when my daughter used to wave and say goodbye to her closet when we would get her up from naps in the morning when she was around two. I'm really unsure of what to make of this. I lived in this house with shadow people when I was my daughter's age and really don't want to deal with anything creepy ever again. So I'm currently sharing this because I'm just too scared to sleep after what happened about two hours ago. So I, a 22 year old female, am a dog sitter. I stay in my clients' homes instead of keeping their dogs at my own house. I'm currently on a job and have been for about a week. Ever since the first night I got here, I felt super unsettled to be in the house by myself at night. I don't think that there was any reason to be because the house is in a gated neighborhood in a decent part of town. It's right next to a freeway, so fairly busy streets outside of the neighborhood. I figured that... It was just because of all the antiques in the house, making it feel sort of like haunted mansion-esque. Anyway, the house that I'm staying in is kind of uh, on the outskirts of the gated community, I guess you could say. It's in a little cul-de-sac with no neighbors to either side or behind. There's also a pedestrian gate to come in or out of the neighborhood right next to this house. And yesterday, when I was leaving for work in the morning... I noticed that the pedestrian gate was wide open. I figured that someone went for a walk or something and made a note to see if it was still open when I got back in the afternoon. I figured that someone went for a walk or something and made a note to see if it was still open when I got back in the afternoon. Sure enough, it was still open and I went over to close it. The gate, however, was in a locked position, so the little lock bar was in place, so... It couldn't latch closed. The bar would block it. I didn't have a key to this gate too, so I was unable to unlock it in order to close it and relock it. Yesterday night after that, I just had the worst gut feeling that something was going to happen too. Now, I have severe anxiety, so often just write things off as that. A bad trait to have as someone who regularly stays in houses all by myself, I know. But anyway... I finally got to sleep last night and everything was fine. Today was normal and I was home from work all day so I didn't leave the house. I should mention too that this house has a gated courtyard out front. I keep it locked all the time so there's nowhere to get into the front or backyards of the house unless I let you in. 
or if you jump the wall or something. Around 9.45pm tonight I had just gotten into bed with the pup that I'm dog sitting and was about to fall asleep when I heard someone start knocking hard on either a door or a window of the house. There are about five sliding glass doors leading to either the courtyard, backyard or side yard and I couldn't identify exactly which way it was coming from. The dog of course went crazy and the knocking immediately stopped. Like I said before though, there's no way to get to the house with that courtyard gate locked. So whoever was knocking had to have hopped a wall into either the front courtyard or backyard. And if it was a neighbor or something like that, the dog shouldn't have scared them into stopping. I was obviously pretty terrified and called my mum who told me to call the police and she and my stepdad headed out to come over. They live like 10 or 15 minutes away from where I'm staying. The police dispatcher was a woman who totally understood how I felt and told me to stay in the bathroom and if any knocking happened again before the officers got there to call back. After I hung up with the police, I tried to call my mum back but my phone suddenly had zero bars of signal which was just the terrifying cherry on top of all of this. The police came and checked out the perimeter, didn't see anything suspicious and so they left. But the part that really scares me is that it had been raining this evening so I was reading with my bedroom sliding glass door open before bed. I usually go to bed later but wanted to sleep early tonight so I was reading with my door wide open and then took the pup out for potty in the back about maybe 20 minutes before the knocking began. It freaks me out a bit that I could have been outside or vulnerable if I had stayed up later like usual. Anyway, in the end nothing really bad happened to me which I'm grateful for but the whole situation was eerie and I don't know, I just felt like someone was watching me the whole time. When I was really little, my mum was a paranormal investigator, so I pretty much grew up around ghosts and stuff like that. But flashback to when I was like in middle school, we moved into a house which was super exciting because pretty much all of my life before then I had been moving around from place to place, staying with people and never really having our own house. So 13, 14 year old me was super excited to have my own room. For a good couple of years nothing happened too, but then it started slow. Things flying off shelves, hearing footsteps down the hallway, stuff like that. But one night in particular has me almost traumatized for life I think. I was sleeping when I had woken up to my dog growling, not like her at all which was weird as she was staring at the closet. I didn't think much of it and brought her up to me trying to get her to stop. Then everything just goes really silent for not even a second when everything on my walls came crashing down all at once. Things that were tacked, nailed, screwed into the wall, didn't matter, everything came down. I hid under my blanket and didn't really sleep for the night. When it was morning, I got up and everything was still on the ground, so I put it all back up. When I told my mum, she said that she didn't hear anything apparently, which blew my mind because it was so loud. That was really the only major thing that happened other than a, a few smaller occurrences, but 
man, it shook me up a lot, and I slept with the light on for a good while after that, too. So, I feel sort of silly even sharing this, because I am someone that is entertained by the paranormal. I find it fun and spooky, but I wouldn't say that I'm a believer per se. My belief is very fluid. Sometimes I think I believe, and sometimes I'm a skeptic. Most of the time I'm a skeptic, I think, and I can think logically and explain things away. However... Today, I saw something with my own two eyes that I cannot explain. So basically, my parents had taken my little girl for a walk to the park as I haven't been feeling very well lately. I've been quite dizzy and sickly for the last week or so. Super, super tired as well as I was glad for the break. They were gone for about an hour and I laid on my bed enjoying the peace and quiet. When they got home, we sat in the living room together just chatting I was sitting on an armchair facing the window. My mum and my daughter and my dad were sitting on the couch under the window facing me. My dad, though, suddenly said that he felt funny and his vision had gone funny. This alarmed me, so I looked up to ask if he could be getting a migraine or something. When to the side of him, this long, white, almost string thing appeared. I really don't know how to describe it to do it justice, but it was the length of my upper torso. It wasn't see-through, but it wasn't exactly solid either. It was almost like smoke or liquid the way that it moved. It appeared by his head, and in shock I shouted, Dad. And to my surprise, he really calmly replied, I know, I see it too. This long hair-like smoke or fog string-like thing moved from the side of his head, around the front of his body, and eventually disappeared between him and my daughter on the couch. Both myself and my dad were excitedly exclaiming, Did you see that? Can you believe that? So we both definitely saw the same thing. It didn't move particularly quickly either, which was strange, but my mum had been sat beside my daughter the whole time, but didn't see anything apparently. Just to mention too, I'm not a smoker. Nobody in my family smokes. There were no candles lit, no open windows, and I checked the sofa afterwards to see if there had been a cobweb falling or a stray hair or something, but there was nothing. To this day, I still have no idea what it was, but has anyone ever experienced something similar here? I'm finding it quite frustrating that I'm struggling to find the right words to describe this thing that materialized in front of me in broad daylight too. When I was 20, I took a job as a direct care worker at a group home for adults with developmental disabilities. The home that I worked in had six residents, all of which had several physical and mental impairments. None of the residents had the ability to walk or communicate. They were all tube-fed and needed 24-hour care and supervision. I worked the midnight shift from 10pm to 6am. When I arrived for my shift, the residents were already tucked into bed. It was, overall, a, a pretty boring job, if I'm being honest. I worked with one other person, and we cleaned the house and stocked up on supplies while they slept. Every two hours, we would check the residents' briefs and change them as necessary. We also had two medications to pass during our shift, and in the last hour, we would give two residents showers. Now, 
One night, my coworker and I were just settling in for our shift. I started a pot of coffee and we chatted. It was around 10.30pm. We had baby monitors in the residence rooms and in the kitchen so we could hear them if they were in distress. And suddenly, we heard our resident, her name was Rachel, through the monitor. She was coughing and gagging uncontrollably. My co-worker and I jumped up because we knew what was happening. Rachel had been congested that week and she didn't have the ability to roll over herself. This happened several times in the past as well and it was always a serious situation. The excessive coughing could cause her to vomit in which case she would pretty much aspirate and die. We tended to Rachel immediately, rolling her on her side and using a special suction machine to clear her mouth out. Sure enough, she had vomited quite a bit and we had gotten to her just in time. After a while, her coughing ceased and her breathing returned to normal. We cleaned her up, changed her clothes and bedding and made sure that she was propped up better with pillows. Adrenaline was still pumping through us as the whole situation was a bit frightening for a couple of 20-year-olds with minimal medical training. We agreed though that we would check on Rachel frequently for the rest of the night and write an incident report. My co-worker and I left the resident area and headed back toward the common room. I was definitely ready for my coffee at this point and she was ready for a cigarette. She headed outside and I went to fill up my cup. That's when I noticed that the lights on the coffee pot weren't on. That's weird I thought. It's plugged in and I hadn't tripped the breaker. I started pouring my cup and I realized that it was ice cold. That didn't make sense to me at all. I mean, I had just started the coffee less than an hour ago. Why wasn't it at least warm? I rolled my eyes figuring that something must be wrong with the coffee pot. I dumped it out and went to start again when my co-worker barged through the back door. Her eyes were huge. A little startled, I asked her what was wrong. She asked me if I had looked at the clock yet. I immediately looked up and saw that it now read 5.30am. Before I could make sense of things, she shoved her cell phone in my face, which also read 5.30am. We couldn't have been with Rachel longer than 45 minutes, though. But somehow, we had lost around 7 hours. Neither of us could make sense of it. We walked back into the back of the house and walked out seven hours later without time feeling like it had passed at all. We hadn't given out meds, done bed checks, given showers or cleaned anything. The next shift was coming in half an hour and it felt like we had just arrived. We did our best to pull it together and at least make it look like we had worked all night. When the next shift arrived, we just sat at the table silently and then we left. We never told any of our co-workers about the experience because, well, would you believe it? It sounded crazy, right? If I hadn't have experienced it myself, I wouldn't believe it either. My co-worker and I lost touch eventually as we both moved on to other jobs. We recently found each other on social media and she sent me a message and asked me about that day. And our memories of the event are exactly the same. Nothing like that has ever happened to either of us again, and I have no idea what happened in those seven hours that apparently just zipped by. I do know that there was never a problem with the coffee pot as well. It just timed out after four hours and shut itself off. 
G'day mates, it's Bee Buster here. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Be Scared Podcast. And please, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode too. Also, it would be much appreciated if you could share this new podcast with your friends and family and on social media too. Thanks again for listening guys, and I'll see you mates in the next one. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. If you own a home, you know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start, but now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.